There's nothing to promise. There's nothing to offer. You have no bargaining power with man or God. And then in this moment, Jesus disturbs the order of things. Jesus introduces that unsettling thing that his followers are so accustomed to, but never did they imagine in their wildest dreams that he would take it to this, to this extreme. He interferes with this man's karma, and he does the unthinkable. He listened, and he responded. Jesus, the text says, answered him. Let me ask you a question. Does God hear the prayers of sinners? Yes, those are the only kinds of prayers there are. Hello again. Remember me? We were making love, but just getting started. This is for Now you see, my question is, yes. I have to be where I begin now to begin to go separate ways, me mm-hmm. and Stanley, is where he, he invokes words such as sin and follow me. I, I can imagine a scenario in which I live and implement all these ideas in my life. I live a g- graceful life, but I don't, there's a kind of patent that is, it, com- it comes with the implementation of these concepts and terms. Mm-hmm. grace and forgiveness and everything that he defines and that is being a follower of Christ. What is it about living like this that requires you to be a Christian? Are you asking can you do all this without following Jesus? Yes, this is what I'm asking. <laughs> uh-huh. I should have the authority of saying that this either is or is not an untenable way of life. It's because let me explain the words like sin and, and all that. Sin has come to be interpreted as a dirty thing. Like, you are a dirty human being. You do not deserve to be. But you know, sin is a word that was, that has been, that so much heaviness has been placed on it that it misses the context that which it was said and written so many years ago. And I think modern churches really need to find a different way of reaching out to people because sin just creates a war between people. I just think sin is acts that hurt us more than even hurt other people it's self-inflicted pain and and things and, and the pain we inflict other people that's the simplest way i can say it. it's it's what we do that hurts us and what hurts other people and i mean and whenever whenever jesus says uh, stays or the bible says just stay away from sin it's just saying hey stay away from this thing that hurts you or avoid hurting other people because this thing you're doing it it is hurting the other person and that's basically the whole point of it is do not hurt the other person whatever action that you do to hurt the other person is is what is referred to as sin it's just that it has been put this it has so many layers above it it's it's a word that people throw around so that they can feel self-righteous or they can feel better than other people or it's it's a term used to separate people or to make people feel disgusted by who they are. I don't think that's the whole point of it. I think it's these are just actions that hurt us or hurt other people. And, and, and just the word for it, the, the word that has been written all over is sin. Uh, if we can find another word, another word that can stand for by that, I think can be just be beautiful. And, and yeah, I'm just saying um, the whole point of, of God and Jesus is for, for us 
it is to be better people for us to transform into healthier human beings to help people see themselves as loved people as people capable of being loved and and and, and grace and forgiveness and all these things and that's the whole point of christianity so why should you why should you follow jesus why should you subscribe to his way that's the question right in my opinion what i think is we all have a frame of reference for everything whatever you believe in whether you like it or not is it it is based on something and that's what you follow it can be a person it can be an older sibling everything you do you ask yourself so what would uh, my older sibling think or what would this guy think in this particular situation or what would he say the whole point of subscribing yourself to this it's 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 for you to always have a point of reference for so, so that it, it it is not you it's not all about you it's not when when someone has hurt you you look to the point of reference that will help you have a better or or a healthier reaction to the situation i'm just saying subscribing to this way of living gives you a point of reference for how a healthier way a better way to treat people and to treat yourself so it stops being what tony would do to a person who has hurt them rather it becomes what is the healthier way which we have already established that whatever this character jesus says and does it's unsettling and it helps everyone lead a better life right so when you subscribe to this you are subscribing to this point of reference which is now jesus um and you now think hey what would this character that has helped me so much become a better person what would he want me to do or what does he say about this situation and it just becomes a point of reference for your actions i don't know if i'm making sense making, no making, sense yeah it, sense. It's, a, it's more of a point of reference to life and how to live life and how to live a healthier life and and don't get me wrong i'm not saying grace is a one-time thing you do not get just one one ticket to grace it's not like you know that one time we did this that's it the card runs out it's an everyday thing every day you receive and give grace you receive grace from people and you give grace to people you receive grace from god and you receive grace from other people it's an everyday thing yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i understand what you mean and if i understand you correctly my rebuttal to what you what you call the point of reference mm-hmm. right? this is your point of reference yeah. argument which mm-hmm. i believe is also a derivative of what understanding it's it's a, it's a big defense for your case and understand this case but my rebuttal would be this it has a very undesired effect and very unattractive effect at least to me mm-hmm. of sacrifice of 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 taxing you see in, in some sense i'm trying to tell you that you're good enough to do it without thinking that you couldn't have done it without some some other um party claiming a right over your ability to do those things so let me tell you a brief story that Hitchens told. He once was in a cab with his wife. The cab was a he could tell or he could profile the driver as a Muslim driver and his wife when they left the wife left large amount of money you know briefly so there's a lot of money he left I think 5000 to 5000 to 10000 dollars in a briefcase in the cab. Uh they they don't know they haven't even an idea that they left it in the cab but they've already begun to count their losses. One week later they get a knock at the door. The cab driver tracked them just to give him back their money. 
uh, Hitchens was very thankful and he when he tried to give the man 10% of it as gratuity and a token of appreciation, he refused. He says that he literally had to push it into his pocket for him to accept it. So Hitchens says that this Muslim says as a defense that my religion requires this of me, it requires of me to be a person of integrity. But Hitchens says that he wouldn't do the man the discourtesy of taking away the credit from him. And that's what the man was doing. He was saying that it isn't me who was doing this. I'm not capable of doing this. I'm not this good of a person. So I'm noticing there's something very self-negating about the theory of Christian good and why we should do good. I'm just advocating that we shouldn't think of... We should, we should, of course, we should be willing to attribute credit where it is due in saying that this is something, this is a tenable moral position, this is an untenable position. It is when we begin to say that other people possess our moral agency. I like what you're saying. Um, it's a very good, it's, it's, uh, it's a good question anyway. Um, so the first thing is, I, I do not think Christianity, I don't think God wants to take the credit or fools him or fools uh, his ego if he, if he has one. You can say it's, higher con- it's, it's a higher consciousness than ours, which needs not take credit for, for, for whatever it is. I can say, all I can say is, we're all following something, whether you consciously or unconsciously, you're, following, you're always following something. But the question is, whatever you're following, does it lead you to a healthier life? Does it lead you to a life where this transformation where there's a transformation of thinking of how you, you how you think and how on how you do things and does it change you to a better person that is a transformation leading to a better human being that's a, that's the whole point when you choose to follow this higher consciousness so that i can use words maybe relatable which is god you're simply subscribing to the way of this higher consciousness which is god it's it's not about doing it so that you can give credit to this higher consciousness of God and and does not need it. The thing about subscribing to God and Jesus is that it empties you of you. Because we all made we all made of greed. We all want to take credit. And you know the downside to wanting to take credit all the time, to say it is me who did this. The cab driver coming and saying, you know it is me who did this. It fuels a selfishness selfishness in him. That you know what? I did this. I deserve the money, you know. It's another thing for the cab driver to have come in to Hitchens' house and told him, since I've brought this money, I need money, I need my commission because I have done you a favor. Then what would have Hitchens said? He would, he would say, this guy is extorting me. Because otherwise, if he, if he did not ask for the money, if he, did not, if he was not given commission for bringing back the money, he, he couldn't have brought the money. It now would have been extortion. The whole point I'm saying is subscribing to God and Jesus is emptying yourself and emptying selfishness. So every act of self of selflessness that you do not want it to come back to you empties you of selfishness. I don't know if you're getting. It's a continuous act of emptying yourself, of emptying all this um, selfishness, all, all this greed, all these... And, 
wanting attention and wanting credit all the time it's emptying them every act of self of selflessness and it's and it's why you'll always hear christian saying um it's god who it's i mean it's it's true god that i did this because subscribing to this helped me empty my selfishness and my need to want to to take credit for everything and that's why they attribute to to god because subscribing to this has emptied me of wanting pride and that's how it works i don't know if it, if, if it makes sense i guess yeah i get you i get you man i want to read you a, a forward poem <laughs> that uh, is in a book that i'm reading right now mm-hmm. it's by this guy called fulki graville mm-hmm. it goes oh where is some condition of humanity born under one law to another bound vainly begot and yet forbidden vanity created sick commanded to be sound so it's the last line i wanted, I wanted you to hear sick. the last line created sick commanded to be sound in my observation one of the biggest selling points or rather one of the biggest softwares of christianity and the tools that it or let me not call it christianity but the biblical teachings is just how effectively it manages to convince people that they are not the they are born sinful they are born with sin and they require defaultly from the point of birth to be saved this is this is you can understand why someone would be uncomfortable with such a teaching because it influences mm-hmm. everything once you instill and allow someone to even consider such a thing and even beyond the the untenable idea of of how of how someone can be or a child can be morally sick when they don't even have the capacity to understand uh concepts i do understand what you mean when you say that people are innately uh though it it is i'm also i also find it a bit discomforting that people are inherently evil uh, greedy sorry and inherently selfish this is the way of the world the way of the world is capitalistic and it's uh it's about you and we would do well to find some other way to supplement that that undoes the undesirable effects of the of money's market and all that but again i insist why should it have to involve a sacrifice and me forfeiting my ability to make decisions you see i'm trying to maybe i'm trying i'm clutching at straws i'm trying to hold on to the f- hope that people can do good for themselves and by themselves and one of the main one of the principal tenets of humanism is that people should do good for that very thing that you say is unhealthy you remember when we were talking about good and why we should do good and whether doing good is as morally significant as being mm. good mm. with a that brief uh, release of dopamine you get when you help some hungry kid mm. in the street is something healthy and something to keep you going to think about is a good thing and i think it is i thought about it seriously and i think it's not i mean sure it's not a comfortable position to be a person who does good so that they can get a sense of goodness but the fact that that goes that coincides with empathy and sympathy i think is hard to beat for what other reason should we should we be forgiving and good the, the, the alternative sorry the alternative would have to be what i call forfeiting your moral agency and saying that you're not the one doing these things which disqualifies you from any possibility of you describing yourself as good well um, the thing is we have already tried that i mean we we live in in that world where we we take credit for every, politicians take credit for everything opening a bridge i don't know everything they, they, 
we are fooled by the world where we we want to take credit. So we have already tried this; it's happening. But look at the world; is, is the world any better from these actions? And, and that's and that's the point. I mean, we have already tried doing good for ourselves because we do it every day. The whole world we do good. Developed countries do humanitarian aid. And they have something to get. They, they always have something most of the time to get from that. They pull out the aid when the country misbehaves. I mean, you saw that in Kenya in the in the in the late eighties, when the U.S. and the Britain they pulled out of support. And and this aid is supposed to be for good, but then suddenly it's a currency. You see, we've already tried that, but the world is not any better. So here's the thing: F- following this, this, this following Jesus is uh, an invitation. Hey, we have already tried this. How about we try this thing, where we try to unlearn because it's a, it's a process of unlearning. And the whole point, as much as that line that we are born sick but commanded, commanded, created sick, commanded to be sound, created sick, commanded to be sound. As much as it's 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 poetic. It's, it's poetic, I love the line, but that's not what Christianity is. That's what people think it is. I, I, I try to avoid the word Christianity when I'm using this because I don't believe, I, have, I think Christianity, the word has evolved to mean a particular group of people. So uh, I, I like using Jesus follower, or a follower. But the whole point of, but I will use Christianity for, for, the, for, for the purpose of, of understanding. The whole purpose of Christianity is, is not because that line makes it seem like there's no freedom or else i think fundamentally who god is is the person who gives or christianity the fundamental the funda fundamentally the fundamental um aspect of christianity is freedom that you have that there's freedom um to 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 choose and that exists because because of of love because there is no love without freedom if you love if you love if you love someone and yet restrict them there is no that there is no love that's not love so christianity in jesus and god is uh, an invitation to outgrow and relearn all these things that we have been taught it's an invitation to relearn and it doesn't happen in a day and it, it, there's no end point to it. it you learn, you discover uh, yourself and, and who God is every day. I mean, it's not a one-time thing. And then you're like, oh, now I'm a Christian, now I believe. No, man, it's it's an everyday thing. It's a rhythm. It's a rhythm of discovering I am so greedy and I, and I, and I, need, and I need to change. So, yeah, so... so it's 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 not built on this savior who who created this intentionally so that he can save and create and create and and take credit for everything. Christianity is just an invitation. The only invitation is for you to experience so that you can extend to other people and and and, and the whole transformation that takes place as as you discover who God is. I don't know if I. Have, mm-hmm. Good point. Um, I see. I see it. Though I see what you, you're saying in your final point. Though I don't think you've completely escaped the point against, or rather, the point from relegating your agency. 
your ability to make decisions. There's still, if still, maybe my sense is wrong, maybe you can correct me, there's still that sense of deferring your ability to make decisions and your ability to make moral judgments to essentially a character uh, or, or a, set, a set of ideas. I, I do understand living according to those sets of ideas, but there is also, in addition to that, the... I guess what I'm trying to say is, is just to express more discomfort with, with the idea of... Maybe maybe you're asking, you're uncomfortable with giving credit to, to something else. You're saying somehow Christianity make it seem like you have no power to think for yourself. In some sense, yes. Or to... But more unsettling also, it, it allows you to assert things without... without uh, so, for instance, if I, have, if I ask you, if I ask you to prove something, you, the way the Christian proves it is by asserting it. So if I ask you to prove one plus one is two, the way the Christian proves it is by saying one plus one is two. And saying that that thing from which I derive my my ideals and doctrines says one plus one is two. There's no actual there's no actual proof given, but there's there's only the assertion of what is supposed to be proven. Is that yeah? It's basically what you said. Yeah. Maybe you can revert it. The, the taxing mm. ability to reason. Okay. Um, the thing is. How we view life and how we process things, we always refer from something else. Like the way you understand the law is not—it's not you who you 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 did not just come to know about the law. You read somewhere, and then it led you to think this way, uh, and then you conjure your thoughts based on that text. So it may seem. Like how we think or our behavior is usually derived from something else. And in that sense, in that sense, basically, you can say that our ability to think is not our own. I mean, it's based on maybe reading, reading up, reading up experiences with, with all that. Which inevitably means that the way of thinking is influenced by um, other factors. So essentially, I don't, I don't think it's, it's a slavery thing as it's, it's made to, to feel like con, uh, con, uh, conferring or saying, I have been able to do this or I have returned this money because of, um, because of God. I mean, essentially what that person is saying is what I subscribe to, what I subscribe to, um makes me believe and, 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 and makes me believe that selfishness is wrong and attributing this to me fuels selfishness. So I am not attributing this to me. I am, I'm, I'm going to be selfless with my act. And of course, when you're saying all this is because of God, God has enabled me to do this, it's, 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 it's the same way you, you derive... Um, you're thinking from articles from Christopher Hitchens, if you're an atheist, you see. I'm saying it's just the same way. So just that when now it's it's Christianity, people make it seem like it's slavery. If it's slavery, then um, everything else we think about, it's slavery because we are a slave to what we think. 
and yeah you, you get what i'm saying i guess what you're saying and you make a you you i get your idea that uh everyone in the world who has the capacity to to learn and to implement some way of life has to model it on something right with the culture and the religion that is found in that culture or whatever it is even people who espouse purely atheistic ideals they have to find to model it somewhere and whatever it is they're modeling their way of life on it has to be something that they're following mm. yeah it's just that now it's just that now you have to ask your question mm-hmm. you have to ask is what i'm full is is it what i'm is what i'm subscribing to transforming me into a healthier person or is it making me is it fueling um agreed and all that and you see for that reason someone who follows Jesus they will definitely say this is this is the uh, right frame of reference because it has led me it has transformed me to see people differently it has transformed me to not be fast to condemn people but to see that i i just like this other person i i also need to be condemned just like this person i'm about to condemn and 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 think just it was so powerful when he said when he talked about the speck in your eye why do you why do you notice the speck in another person eyes when you don't notice yours i think this is part of grace it's part of him speaking about grace when he you're saying when you receive grace or when you experience grace you will never you will not be fast to notice flaw other people's flaws and condemn them but when you see a person who is broken and going through a lot you will see them through the eyes of that must be a really hard place to be because you have been there and so you'll see them in those eyes and so tell me how many tenants how many human tenants make you see people that way it's it's about um looking at this too and looking at hey we have tried all this uh, how the world works we have tried and it fails man we become more greedy corrupt people so how about to try something else that is so transformational and and i think that's the invitation invitation by god and and, and jesus which has often been misunderstood I think the accusation of I mean you say to yourself people uh, you there's always the accusation for devout against devout Christians that they are mental slaves and I don't mean of course it's not literal but mm. if I were to if I if I were to uh, speculate on what the accusation held it it would be the suspension of uh, the process by which we come to know things for instance Jordan Peterson is a non-believing believer he, he doesn't say it but he's he's confessed to it so he i think if you listen to him you'd love him he says that he's a psychologist and he says that the mythological the he talks about archetypes and mythology but ultimately he says the stories of Jesus and especially of the new testament are so effective because they apparently apparently Jesus is what everyone would aspire to be if if they read read themselves 
so they rid themselves of everything that they think of themselves as mm. as worth being guilty about and bad. Mm. And so in that sense he's an archetype, he's emulatable in mm. that sense. Mm. Yeah. Now I don't have any problem in some sense, if you notice I'm also a follower of Christ. Right? It's only that I'm 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 uh, I'm more willing to talk about him in a cavalier, maybe offensive way than others. But you notice something that is inherent and something that we should not deny is that people together with this idea that we should follow the teachings of Jesus, which is something I am willing to support, is the idea that we should accept the claims made by Jesus and the, and the claims made of Jesus that he's a supernatural being. There is no separating the two. You can, the way I do, but it would involve separating yourself from and you no longer being accepted as a, as a true. So there's also that idea of a true Christian. Yeah. So that that would be my support for the evidence against devout Christians for okay. the yeah. and, and so And that's a very good point, by the way. And as a, as, as a follower, I would, I would definitely say there's, there's, a, there's a limitation to what I know happened didn't happen but the thing is if you separate the supernatural jesus then it stops making sense in in a lot of way because he he just becomes another man who just put up um who, who had um, who came up with a manifesto <laughs> and it was just recorded and people have been following it for two thousand years and you see this would 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 stop making sense because the, 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 we have to admit the things that have happened to our lives that we cannot explain the situations we have gotten out of ourselves that we cannot explain the things that have happened we can we can never explain because this is, and this is me this is me this I'm not representing Christianity mm. because of how effective his words were how effective his way of living was I cannot help but believe that he was born of a virgin a teenager she was a teenager by the way 12 yeah she was a teenager she was a child i thought she was like 16 or 15 she was young she was young yeah. Yeah. so yeah because of the actions because of what he says and how effective it is in trying and how transformational it is i cannot pick and choose because I believe in the integrity of who he is. So if he says, and if it's recorded in the same, that he died and he rose, I believe it. And if you separate that, it just becomes another man who is just like me walking around with <laughs> mm. a group of people. Um, yeah. Mm. I think we've just stumbled upon the the, the great argument this is the very nucleus of why what we where we begin to mm. diverge and in you know in in in, in wild view because what it, what is involved there if i'm not wrong is faith right it's faith yeah that's, no this is faith yeah. you're willing to accept hypotheses mm. in spite of yeah. its uh, untenability yep um in the same way mm-hmm. I'm willing to believe. You know, I don't know why people separate science and God. I, I honestly believe it's in, like it's, inter, it's, it's, it's intertwined, the same thing. You can see fingerprints of 
both of this world and they interconnect they're the same thing you can see fingerprints of god in science and science in god and so god is science and science is god that's what i believe so i believe in the super in this supernatural being the same way that i have faith because science there's faith in science that's faith the science has the faith that there was a big bang theory which is, there's a little bit of faith in there that somehow all these elements came together exploded uh, and then organisms somehow um, evolved to fully-fledged human beings with thoughts and and and, and way of life. There's a there's a faith in there because science cannot can never explain everything. There's always just a dash somewhere. So in the same way, because that's faith, because that's supernatural. That's a supernatural element as well. So in the same way, in the same way that science ha- also has a um, a point where it cannot explain f- further than the way it is. It's just, it's and and after there is just faith. No sense. It's just half faith. It is it is indeed true that the Big Bang theory happened because this and this they they collided. That's because there's faith, man. I mean, because it's a hypothesis as well. Uh, in the same way, in the same it's the same faith I put in. In in Jesus, in Jesus, because Jesus is historically just like science, like it it like there's a historical uh, timeline of how things happened, and it, it can be proven in a way. But in the same way, Jesus has been proven to have existed. I mean, he is in the Quran. I mean, histo- he, history has proved that there it was indeed a man called Jesus who walked on this earth. So yeah, you see, both spectrum have. Some sense of faith in them, yeah. It's the same. It's the same faith I use. Or I, or I. If okay, all right. But this is what you. I want you to understand. This is what you bound yourself to. What you call faith in within the scientific practice. Uh, we make use of words, or rather, scientists make use of words like uh, hypothesis, hypothesis testing, and uh, theories and lemmas. Less than 100 or less than 200 years ago, we had no idea of how we could be able to merge the concepts of electricity and magnetism to form solenoids and things that are able to use, make and transform electricity. We had no concept of aerodynamics. So the problem is, and this is a direct quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson, if we say that God is everything that we don't know, everything that we are yet to discover in the coming centuries, then God is an ever receding pocket of scientific ignorance and it is an he's an ever decreasing function of knowledge and it will reach a point where we know enough for us to say that yeah we have we have a good grasp of what is going on here difference and this is the cardinal difference i see between those uh, the, the faithful and those who and scientists what you, the people you accuse of having faith in science is that there is no single scientist or there is no follower of science who will tell you that I don't know, but I know. You, you sort of accuse them of saying that we have the fact that they postulate a Big Bang theory is them saying we are certain and we know this is what happened. I think it's the very opposite. It's saying that we have, I have, no, we have no sense, but this is the evidence of how, what we know, the sort of thing that could have happened, and this is the evidence we have for it. Is, is it not true that faith requires you to believe without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, 
with us. And is that not a significant difference? It, it is a significant difference, but I don't believe the increasing knowledge of how the world works is evidence that God does not exist. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's how it goes. But in the same way, I cannot, honestly, I cannot stand here. I cannot sit here and tell you I have evidence to prove that Jesus was born of a virgin and died and rose after three days. And all the resurrection that happened, I cannot tell you that. But what, I, like, what I've told you, and we have to accept where we, we, we don't know. So simply, I don't know. I don't know if God. I, can, I cannot prove it, but I have faith that it happened because, like I've told you, this text, the, the, this way of living, this lifestyle, I have seen how transformational it is and how unsettling it is. So therefore, I believe in everything. I cannot pick and choose. I cannot believe in the lifestyle and then sudden, and then not believe in the whole of it. I believe in the integrity of... I believe all of it... Um, one cannot exist without the other. Mm-hmm. And and this way of living, the way it has led, and, I've, and how, how, it, how I've seen it change people in society, is so compelling that I cannot not believe in the supernatural part of it. I don't have the luxury of, of picking and choosing what to believe and not what. It's, I believe in the whole text, mm-hmm. in the whole of it, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think uh, I think there's definitely an argument to be had here yeah. about, especially about, and maybe exclusively about faith. Yeah. This is def- this is a whole episode. I think we should we should uh, oh, yeah. stop uh, yeah. here, especially on this issue of, uh, uh, of uh, faith and grace. But to go back to Andy Stanley, uh, I think you make a good point about how to live. So one of the biggest questions, one of the biggest questions I told you atheists are faced with is to answer the question, how should we live? We already know how to answer the question, what is or what is there? And how should we, we know how to understand the world and the physical world, but the question of how should we live is purely a value, question of value. And it's not a question of facts. So mm. it, we can't make use of facts, but uh, ultimately it's, it's, it doesn't seem to be a question that responds well to science. And, and, the traditional ways of scientific method. So, Andy Stanley and people like him are a fresh, mm. are a fresh uh, and, and more interesting way to think about positions. So guys, that's all for now. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to like, share, comment, and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for listening.